Welcome to the Spinner's Lip Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and with me are my co-host, Dan. Hey, how's it going? And Mark. Hello, how's everybody doing today, or tonight, or whenever you're listening to this? There you go. Tonight's episode, episode 50. Wow, 50? And it's a weird date for it. Uh, It's September 11th, Sunday, September 11th, 2022. So we're going to kick it right off, man. Um, Not going to know anything more than the little trailer teaser video a lot of us have seen, but uh, I believe this Tuesday they drop Stern Pinball will drop James Bond. I'm excited, man. I think that that is a great theme, and I think that a lot of people are going to uh, are going to jump on it. I think so, too. And if it's Sean Connery, what the rumor is, if that's the ones they're going to be choosing, there's some good footage to to get from that. I, I really hope they do get clips from the different scenes. That would be so awesome, like they did for Batman 66. Uh, it would be great to see those scenes on the uh, LCD. Yes, and the rumor is that it's me. It in. Con Shawnery. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I've heard too. It's 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 a Connery game, right? And I'm I'm surprised about that. Like, is anybody else sort of like really? I I am surprised a little bit only because well, you have such a long history. If you think about you know Bond goes from the '60s and then to, you know into the '70s and the '80s with Roger Moore, and then in the '90s with uh, you know Goldeneye and Goldeneye was such. I mean, they had a Goldeneye pinball which was pretty cool, but pinball was kind of a downturn. Then, but the Goldeneye video game, like every kid, every adult. My, I was in my twenties then. Still, you know, they had that game that was huge. Yeah, one of the best first shoot. Yeah, one of the best first shooters for Nintendo for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it and it kept going on. So I mean, you can go back, you know, you know, sixty years, and you know, so you can go, you know, I can, you know, you can go to to you know my older kids to you know me to my dad, you know, and in between. And everybody has, oh, yeah, remember that Bond movie? Like, I remember as a kid going to the movies with my dad and mom and seeing, like, Thunderball. And uh, um, I can remember a little later on, like, just me and my dad going to see him. I can remember um, Spy Love Me with the Lotus that was like, we talked about this. Oh, one yeah. Back. Yeah, we did. We did you know, talk and, about and it. Then, and then Moonraker, you know, and Jaws. And, I mean, and it, it, there's the catalog is so huge, you know. Um and so, you know, wide variety to work with, but I can see it because like Batman 66 with the video footage and the throwback. And I mean, that's, that's that classic era. And people, I honestly think, especially younger people and millennials and stuff, dig that older throwback stuff. Cause as kids, they watched it with their parents or even their grandparents and went, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like Adam's fan, like Mustard's like, oh, I remember that as a little kid watching it in reruns. I remember Batman 66 watching it in reruns. So I think it'd be, I, I, I think a lot of people will really take to it right away for the, um, just for the nostalgia factor. I'm a thousand, what I'm wondering, oh, go for it, man. Go, no, you, you go, Dan. I'm a thousand percent surprised that it's not Daniel Craig. Like the Daniel Craig movies, I mean, I know that they just put a bow on that uh, part of the franchise uh, with his last movie, but his movies were so successful and he's so recognized in the role of James Bond. I just really, really thought that if they were going to put Bond on a pinball machine, that they would use the most current era and the most successful era. 
Huh. Is that not, is the most successful? You know, I really haven't watched any of the Daniel Craig stuff. Yeah, Daniel Craig is the true... He played the true Bond from the novels, for sure. Oh, oh really? I, I, yeah. I know you're, the, you're, you're our resident expert on Bond, so... Um, I'm not quite an expert on it, but I am a fan. I do. I do like the Bond movies. Um, I love all the chase scenes and they all get mixed up in all the different movies. I go, oh, which one is that one from? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. The boat scene is live and let die when he does that. I remember having the Guinness Book of World Records and it was like the longest boat jump or whatever. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I forgot how many feet it was, but yeah. <laughs> I love though. They were great. I love the gadgets. Gadgets are great. It'll be interesting to see if you have to collect different gadgets or you have gadgets that are power-ups would make a lot of sense if you had that in the gameplay. Um, obviously from what I, the rumor is, and I'm sure you heard this too, Dan, that there might be an ejector seat of some kind of mech. That would be sweet if they had the Austin Martin No, I and had I, it come, I, come I out. I hadn't of heard that, but that sounds really cool. Yeah. And it'd be easy, just a just a Vuck, <laughs> you know, in the car. Well, there has to so, be something to catch it besides the glass. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've uh, I've I've had that experience happen, and it's very startling. You know. Oh yeah. I think right. that, totally. Yeah. I think that one of the the greatest things about James Bond, I think you just touched on, it's the fact that they've kind of loved to do gadgets. You know. Uh, Batman 66, you could collect gadgets, you know, and they were just basically regular pinball things. And in uh, a lot of the games lately, you know, the customization, being able to pick your Godzilla power up, stuff like that is a part of the game. And James Bond really lends itself well to you hitting a few shots and getting a piece of equipment. That's going to be a game uh, modifier for you. And what would be amazing is if they did so much research that each mode was a different episode or a different uh, movie, and then the gadgets would correlate with that movie to get further in that mode or something. That would be sweet. Well, there's six. There's six culinary movies, right? Right. And they're not the most gadget heavy of the movies, but there definitely are. You know, different weapons, different pieces of equipment, different vehicles. Like you can definitely find some uh, some bond to throw at that theme. Yeah, I bet. What, I wonder if there you have like, oh no, is Goldfinger? Yeah, Goldfinger was on Connery. Right? Yeah, so Goldfinger, multi ball, or or something like that. Um, did he did he do six, including You Only Live Twice? Because after Roger Moore, at the time Roger Moore, remember he came back and did another one. That was Never Say Never Again. Officially, that's not really a Bond movie. Okay. That's, that's what I heard. It's, not, it's yeah. not by Eon. Correct. Okay. It's not right. considered the, uh, what do they call it? Canon. It's not considered canon. It's not considered or, canon. Or, or okay, canon. It's it. considered canon, but it was considered canon from when it was called Moonraker and starred Roger Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually okay, reading right. on uh pin side, I think, where various, you know, pinball affectionados were talking about their favorite Bond movies. And Never Say Never Again got a surprising amount of uh of mentions. Oh, it's got a great motorcycle chase in that movie. I was gonna mention that. Oh, and the boat chase uh, the boat jump, I looked it up, you know, the world because I remember that too. We were talking about that a while yeah. back is is 110 feet. 
Uh, that's pretty far <laughs> for, for a boat. boat? Pump. Okay, that's pretty far for a car alone. Yeah, boat. It's like let's get this baby up in the air, man. This is this is you know Hooper stuff. Anyway, well, yeah, um, I haven't seen that movie since it first came out. I have to sit down and watch it again, but I recall really enjoying it. You know, at the time. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they do the theme integration. Um, the rumor is it's Gomez, right? He took over. It was going to be originally Steve Ritchie, if that's what I'm correct. I, I don't know if that's true or not. And then Gomez took it over, and I guess he just totally redesigned it and just started from scratch. Yeah, kind of uh, like with Deadpool. Yeah, and and Gomez, he's got winners. I mean, I love Deadpool. I'm sure you do, too. Batman 66. I you know, it's funny because it uh, the ball does get stuck back there, but at least it does come loose when it turns the carousel. So um, that's kind of a neat mech when you think about it, of how they did that. You and maybe Gomez they'll games. utilize that. Gomez the, is good. Yeah, I, I like Monster his design. Bash, Lord of the Rings, uh, Deadpool. Um, right. But the flip side is yeah. the original Avengers as a Gomez. I know, I know. Transformers yeah. is a Gomez. I like Transformers. I like Transformers yeah. too, but I'm just saying yeah. they're yeah, not they're not all triple. And I mean, I don't love Deadpool, but I don't blame the playfield on Deadpool as much as I don't I don't love some aspects of the presentation. Right, right. Um I don't know, man. I mean, don't get me wrong, it would have been a cool game to have seen what Steve Ritchie did with it. But Steve's not at Stern anymore, and I think that a lot of people, by the end, they were kind of tired of the Steve Ritchie act at Stern. You know, a lot of people still won't give Led Zepp a chance, and Led Zepp's actually a pretty decent game, but it is a Steve Ritchie game. Black Knight was a Steve Ritchie game. Uh, Star Wars was a Steve Ritchie game. Star Trek was a Steve Ritchie game and they all have that Steve Ritchie sameness that I think right now Stern fans are not looking for. So I would rather see yeah. Gomez take his crack at it and see what Gomez and I'm assuming it's Sex Timpton because uh, he was the one working mostly with Steve there at the end. But I would like to see what they're going to do with it rather than seeing Steve Ritchie put out a game and, you know, all the Stern fanboys just taking one more big dump on them. And, you know, he can save his uh, he can save his expertise for Jersey Jack. Yep. Yeah, it's um, curious who's going to do the artwork. Um, it's too bad that Christopher Franchi um, is not helping or is not uh, contracted to do the artwork for Stern. But um, that's right. Who, who do you think house. it will be? Who do you think the artist will be? Franchi would no have idea. been just too perfect, right? He would yeah. have been perfect for Bond. Yeah, and I think perfect. I think I mean I haven't listened to the whole the latest episode of uh, Super Awesome. You know, Franchi's basically saying that things are good with him and Stern, just no work's been coming his way. Part of me is really hoping that Franchi is just being Franchi and just keeping his mouth shut and actually kind of trying to throw people off of the case, and maybe it'll turn out that he really did it. Um, it's obviously not Yeti since Yeti's supposed to be working on uh, his next title with Brian Eddy. Uh, and I don't know who else they really have in the Stern wheelhouse. I mean, they seem to be bringing in a lot of new talent. So maybe they have a newcomer who's going to bring us conchonery. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I'm excited about it. It's kind of funny because there's no really any leaks, which is 
kind of fun in a way because it's like we're waiting until Tuesday is the official reveal. Is that correct, Dan? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's, so. It's Tuesday, right? I think that's what that's everybody's what assuming. Revealed. Okay. Well, maybe there will probably okay, be a leak on Monday. Think about it. It's it's September, and we haven't had a, a stern release since January. We haven't had pinball releases for a long time. I mean, you're, you're right. right. Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. Oh yeah. Weird, Toy Story. Weird well, no. Yeah, we had Weird Al. Well, yeah, Weird oh, Al okay. was a, yeah. Weird Al was a little earlier, right? Um, Weird Al. Well, it was at, at Golden State, so Weird Al was like March. I want to say. And that's January, a while back. And January was rushed because I mean they released it and like two, three weeks later I was out in Cal. That was the last time I was in California, and uh, uh, Dan and I were playing it because they got one, you know, the one in Pollock uh, Pines, and the first one in the area. We were up there playing that bad boy. And I was playing Rush so, today, and I still maintain that that is the nicest shooting game that's come out of Stern ever. That's a great board game for flow and for yeah. speed. That's a, a great game. It's a fantastic I mean, game. It really is like the best of it, it's it's like kind of like a compilation of the best games from Borg. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, but um yeah, so this is the first game we've had in, you know, I mean again we, we had Toy Story, but the first game from Stern since January. And we all kind of thought it was gonna be Venom, because that was like you know, the running thing, like, that's Venom, it's Venom. So, well, there were just, yeah, there were so many like solid feeling rumors about Venom. The designer was known, the artist was known, and it kind of checked off all the boxes. Like, Venom seemed uh, to be really, really practical. And if, if it's not Venom, the interesting thing is, so you're going into the, like, I guess maybe Venom wouldn't be contemporary or it would be too contemporary. And this is the nostalgia theme because they seem to have that contemporary and nostalgia cadence. Right, right. That makes sense. And yeah, and Rush, well, Rush was pretty nostalgic. Well, Rush, too, yeah, mean. but Rush is definitely banned. Yeah, okay, right. I got a contemporary band nostalgia. Got it. Okay, I thought you said I, I thought you meant contemporary band and then nostalgia. Okay, it's, yeah. All right, all right. It's, no, 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 it's band. It. You can't have it. No, not that kind yeah. of band. Yeah, like, right, like, exactly. like it's scratchy. No, not that kind of band. Right, like rock and roll. It's like man, a rock and roll know? band. Goodbye, pasta. Yeah. Those guys know how to rock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I no, think it's gonna. No. Yeah, I think it's gonna sell really well, and the reason why is it's gonna appeal to the baby boomers. It's yeah. gonna appeal to us, our generation, and the new ones. So, yeah, it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna have any problem selling a lot of machines. But, no, I don't um, think so. But I'm excited. I'm, I have no idea what to expect. I don't want to get my expectations no. high because I always get disappointed. But. I, I love what Gomez did with Deadpool with that one shot, you know, with the katana shot. And I don't know what he's going to do with the this. The katana shot no is straight garbage, man. It is the <laughs> worst thing about that game. I mean, it's a, it's like a great shot. shot when it goes. But like when the main shot on the game fails half the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Come on. I think the snick shot is a lot more to be. Well, the snick shot is almost just yeah, sort of tough. accidental. Like it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. The katana shot's right. supposed to be hittable. That'd be like the oh, main. Yeah. That'd be like the main ramp on rush being completely unhittable. 
It'd be right. like, oh, yeah. this. I love that. Yeah, shot. it's great. I, I just so satisfying when you hit it. I just it's so satisfying. Yeah, or Godzilla, you know, I finally got to spend, you know, I mean, I've spent a lot of time on Godzilla, but I finally got, you know, a little bit better grasp of what's going on in Godzilla and why instead of, you know, shooting for the building and all the targets and stuff, you want to ramp it out. And while that game doesn't have like your traditional ramp entrances, at least on on the uh, left ramp, you kind of go in that alleyway and it turns out to be a ramp. You know, the ramps on that game are great. You know, like they're just really super good ramps. You hit them and the ball does what it's supposed to do. The The right ramps a little bit steeper and you get you get some rollbacks off of it. But, you know, there's nothing worse than a game where you hit the ramp and you know you hit the friggin ramp. And it doesn't go or it yeah, goes around. Yeah. And to me, Deadpool, like I can hit that lane, you know, that's supposed to lead to the katana shot. Great. And it just dribbles out the other side. And I'm like, I know some Deadpools are better than others. But if the main shot on your game doesn't work, that should not be the main shot on your game. Hmm. And I do know that Deadpool, you know, it didn't it didn't enjoy a full development cycle because it was basically, you know, it got picked up and got fixed. But I think that, you know, Bond is kind of in that boat too. So I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that Gomez, you know, really, really gave this one some time to bake in the oven. I don't want to yeah. have another uh, Deadpool. Well, had, had what, six, seven months because they weren't producing anything else new besides Rush. So, yeah, you will know, be curious to see how how developed the code is. And I really think, you know, when they and have that nostalgic music and uh, and maybe they'll have music from the different um, Bond movies. I don't know. But um, well, it definitely will sound like it's going to be fun to shoot and it'll have a it'll be a fun experience because yeah. you'll feel like me. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, if you're going to be like you are the character as Bond or. Yeah, I don't know. That's, well, it'll be if interesting. You, if you remember um, the Data East game, Secret Service, we had one in our game room, our rec room, not our barracks when I was at Pearl Harbor. And uh, it would just randomly go off and, and, and track mode and start playing. Nobody does it better. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, right. Yep. And, and it was that's so Crystal cool. Gale. Crystal Gale. Uh, was that Crystal Gale? Okay. All right. Um, I, I what, think. What I think it was. No, it was like Shane Easton. Was it Shane Easton? I think you're right. No, no that's that's no, three Shane eyes Easton only. Three eyes only. Wait, yeah. it was Carly Simon. Okay, that sounds yeah, that sounds good. That's right. Okay. I didn't think about it. No, I that's really right. had to think about that. But but no, it was great because it was. Remember, those games were the first pinball games that have stereo, and you'd be walking to the game room and that thing would go off. You're like, oh, that's so cool. So and the game was good. So you know, I loved my world. But anyway, I digress. Uh, but that you know, there, there's a ton of cool stuff you can do with it. So, but uh, we're just gonna have to wait until Tuesday and see. So by the time we get this episode out, it'll already be out. So it won't be conjecture anymore. But unless I can work and work magic, get it and work magic. But no, okay, probably so, not. But you gotta, yeah, you got you gotta work tomorrow. Speaking of work, what you got going, man, Mark? We haven't because everybody's been on vacation and been. Which you still gotta send those pics. But anyway, um, for uh, your last vacation. Um, oh, I thought you got those. No, okay, I'll make them. sure you get them. I'll yeah, make sure yeah. you get them. All right, and then um, yeah. So what do you what do you got, man? Uh, update us. What's going on in Reno? What's going on in Press Start? What's going on in Mark's world? Well, as far as starting off with Mark's world, um, things have changed drastically. I guess you could say. Um, I originally was helping teachers integrate technology in the classroom, and I was a program uh, specialist with 21st Century Learning and helping them 
learn how to do skills that are very meaningful for the 21st century workplace uh, to get kids prepared. And there was there is a teacher shortage here in Wash County School District. And they decided to take all of the TOSAs, which stands for Teachers on Special Assignment. And what that means is there are people that are out of the classroom, but still have a certified degree. And they decided to take all the TOSAs and put them in classrooms. Uh, we were given, in fact, I was in Sacramento and it was, uh, it was like around August. And we found out two days before school started that we were assigned to a certain school. So we had two days to prepare the classroom. I had to use up my whole weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And I ended up as a fourth grade teacher over at Lemon Valley Elementary School. I have 30 students and it is quite an adventure trying to remember how to teach because I've been out of the classroom for 17 years. So going back into the classroom was definitely a culture shock. And I'm starting to now get my feet wet and starting to feel a little more comfortable with it. But uh, when I found out that I had to go back to the classroom, it it definitely uh, it definitely stressed me out big time. Um, but now things are good and uh, still on the pinball scene. We have press start going strong on Tuesday nights. We have Tuesday pin brawl, usually from between. It really is start, it's supposed to start at seven, but we usually fill up by 630 with 27 to 28 people. Um, it's kind of decreased a little bit. I think it's just because of uh, with school starting and everything, there might be schedule conflicts. But still a great showing for people. And every week we always get a new player. I, I don't think there's one time where we had all the same players and nobody was new. There's always somebody that joins, which is wonderful. Um, so that's Tuesday nights at press start. And we have that from 6.30 and it usually goes to nine. Um, originally, we had it set up where we only had four rounds and then we were done. But we changed the format a little bit and had it with four two one zero scoring and a target match play instead of to 10 like we had originally, or actually it was 12. Uh, it now goes to 16. So it could be done in four rounds or it could go even two additional rounds, which it has done in the last two tournaments that we had. And then monthly, we have a flipper frenzy tournament. And basically what that is, is players play randomly against each other head to head. So it's just two players on a machine. And then you play the first place, the, the first position, and then you get assigned the second position and then you go put in a queue. So you're then entered in a queue and then you wait until it's your turn and then you're matched up with other players and you play for three or four hours, depending on how you want to set it up in the program in match play. And it's wonderful because you can get in like 20 rounds, 22 rounds of pinball. And it's wonderful because it's so easy. It just runs itself. You just go to the computer, you enter who wins, who loses, and then the, the computer assigns the next group to play. Uh, it's really fun. So we have that monthly. It's usually the third week of the month uh, at press start. And that is always at one o'clock and it goes all the way till five o'clock. So it's wonderful. We don't have any new games, except we did get a scared stiff added to the collection. Nice. Uh, and it's a nice one. It plays really well. I don't think they shopped it out yet. 
Uh, but it, when I played it, it played perfectly. It, it, uh, the trunk registered, it went up the ramps. It didn't have the, the classic weak flippers where you go up the ramp. And if you don't make it, it goes straight down the middle. It doesn't do that, which is nice. And so it's, a uh, it's fun. I don't know if there's, if it's all LEDs or not yet. I, I think they're still working on it. It was added to the list of games which is great. We're still waiting on Weird Al. That's going to be coming hopefully in October or maybe November now. It seems like things have been pushed back from Multimorphic. So we are going to get a Weird Al and uh, that will replace the heist that we have. Still not a lot of people playing it. Just the theme just doesn't do it for people. I like it and I, I think it's fun. They just, but, haven't, um, played it. they just haven't experienced it. Yeah, if you, they haven't if you experienced play that game, it. it. It's such a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really so, cool game, but you got to kind of get past that art and that title. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, it's just you got to give it a chance. You Could know? you but, picture if and, that and game was called different. Grand Theft Auto? It was. It, we wouldn't even be having Weird Al yet because they'd probably be still running those. You Dude, know? People, yeah, people Grand Theft Auto. You're right. Yeah, people you're would right lose, about that, they lose their mind. Like, and it, it didn't even have to be that different of a game. It just really has like a like a GTA sort of vibe. Right. Yeah. It's great. I just wish the flippers felt a little better. I think it's something with maybe the older mechs that are in that game because it was more of an earlier P3. Mm. Um, I heard the newer ones are a little more snappier, Um, but it's just uh, there's just something weird about it. When I try to shoot it up uh, with just going a forehand, it, it just has an issue with it not going smoothly up the ramp as I like to. But Mm. it's still fun. I I really enjoy it. Um, We love the Star Trek. That's the most gorgeous Star Trek that I've seen that is there. People play that all the time. But here's the interesting thing. The game that has the most plays out of any game is Black Hole. Go well, figure, huh? No, no, people. Okay, you have to think about when people come in and it's very retro. And it's like, especially people, you know, my age group. And they remember seeing that. Just like when, when they see a Black Knight or anytime pinball comes up and it's somebody... 40s to 50s like oh my god i used to play black knight or black knight 2000 and that was their jam okay and that that game comes up all the time in conversation and i'll say oh yeah fantastic game because both of them are but you know the same kind of thing with black hole people that's a very recognizable game they made a ton of them and it was so iconic for the time because of the double play field and all that so it makes sense the other thing I had an opportunity to do, which was really fun, is uh, we went over to uh, Greg's house and he put on a tournament. It was a really classic retro tournament. So he had a lot of Gottlieb wedge heads and his house is going to get demolished in the future. So he turned it all into a huge arcade with all vintage machines. We're talking all EMs. I don't think there were any digital ones and also shooter games, crane games, uh, the, the, uh, the, the shovel game. Um, he has all of those. And what he did is he also, or what he also has is a collection of jukeboxes. So what he did is he had all the jukebox jukeboxes programmed to go on a certain timer and play certain songs throughout the tournament. And it played one song in the beginning. And when it played that song again, you knew that it was getting towards the end of the tournament. And then he used that light, you know, that's on slot machines. He has it segmented with the different colors. So you can see how soon the tournament is over. 
And the cool thing about it is the house is themed after a speakeasy bar. So he's got all of these, uh, all these electromechanical signs. So all these beer signs that are all mechanical on the wall, just all over the place. It's really a fun time to uh, play pinball. It's really, I, if you're ever in town and it happens to fall on that day, uh, it is such a blast because we're just like, almost like we're back in time. Right. Like back in like 1969 or 72 or something. Yeah, pretty much. And he was playing music from the seventies and then more energetic music as it went on. But he had all of the jukeboxes programmed to go exactly for three hours and then it would play this music. So uh, yeah, it was really cool, really fun. So, um, and then afterwards he has a huge screen set up on the side of a storage containers and we watched the big Lebowski and it's like, a, <laughs> that's great. No, that's yeah, awesome. it was fun. It was fun. And the only reason we watched it is because Huntsman is getting a big Lebowski soon. And, um, some people haven't even seen the movie. So we all watched oh, it. Wow. That's and awesome. that was, that was a, a fun, fun movie. The other news is nugget. Uh, the Nugget in Sparks is going to be having 10 pinball machines soon um, from Roger Brown, same person who provides the machines over at Playfield 76. He's putting in 10 machines at the arcade. He's actually um, now part owner of the arcade, and he's going to put it on one side away from the redemption games, and there's going to be 10 games. Some are going to be from Rick Bartlett's collection, and some are going to be from his. So that's exciting. I didn't even know the Nuggets so, still had an arcade. Uh, it did, but it was really. Dude, I haven't been apart. in the Nuggets since like the eighties. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. Yeah, no, no. I have ten pinball machines there. So and I, then I, they, I drive by it like every time I get to Reno, I drive by. Yep. It. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And then we have a another place called South Forty that opened up, and that's out in the south side of Reno, which is a Double Diamond Damani Ranch area. And it has so much potential to have tons of uh, pinball machines, but unfortunately the owner only has Jurassic Park. And I was excited because I was like, okay, I'll play the pro, no problem. The left ramp didn't even register. So if the left ramp doesn't register, you're not going to be able to start any modes or start T-Rex multi-ball or nothing. So I was just like, well, this sucks. (laughs) And there was no other pinball machines. I called them and I said, hey, are you getting any more? He's like, oh, nope, we got our orders in of all our games now and that's it. And I'm like, well, are you going to get any in the future? And it was kind of like null and void. And I was like, well, guess press start is still king. So there you there go. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's getting better. You know, it's getting better. Reno's real. I mean, it's grown so much. You know, you take a couple little bad bumps in the road with all the good stuff that's going on. You know, so yeah. I mean, that's not, it's all good news. That's all good to hear. Um, that, you know, Reno's really turning into a night. Cause I remember not that many years ago, Reno was, there wasn't a lot going on in pinball, man. You know, there really wasn't. Yeah, it was pretty dead. And yeah. it's funny. Um, I have a funny story with my classroom. We were studying place value. And um, what I did is I played pinball arcade on my iPad and I had it displayed on the projector. And when I drained the ball, they had to write the score down on their whiteboards and then they had to write in an expanded form. So they were learning place value with me playing pinball on the screen, which was pretty funny. And it was great because all the students were 
totally engaged in the lesson. And then I threw it in some long addition and long subtraction, uh, but got to play pinball for about an hour in the class. If Susie hit fun. three left ramps and Billy right, exactly. hit four right ramps, how many times did Bobby tilt? Yeah, right. Well, you know what, man? You're, you're taking something that you love that you're passionate about. You're showing the kids. It's something real. It's tangible. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense to me. I can make sense of this. I can, I can take this mathematical, theoretical formula or theoretical, whatever, you know, but I, mean, I can give it a tangible object to work with. You know, right. and it's like, you know, whatever it takes to get to, to whatever it takes to get it into their head, you know, to, to show them the way, you know, and if you got a way to do it, man, that you're passionate about, because you can't take passion when somebody really digs something and they really love it and they're passionate about it. That shows, you know, you're excited about it. We'll get the kids excited. That's awesome, Mark. Yeah, but, I would you know, like to get a pinball machine in my classroom, but I have no room for it. If I had room, I know my principal would let me. What about something like a Zizzle or one of those like mini arcade games? Yeah, or yeah. like in the digital, one of the little, you know, uh, oh, what's the guys? Because uh, we don't have them here. Um, Costco, like a little Costco digital pinball or a. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Something like that. I know we have a we have Sam's Club. I know they had one a while back. It's been a while since I've been in there. I don't know, man. You know, there's a will, there's a way. You know. It's yeah, like, we'll you see know, what happens. A, Maybe not a desk anymore, but you know, we got a pinball machine. So yeah, and it would yeah, and yeah. it's great because the rooms are pretty soundproof, and uh, I don't think it would disturb anybody. But then again, uh, we'd have to find out. But it's perfect because our lessons that we have is on magnetism, electricity circuits so it's yeah, like it's, well it's duh. perfect it's perfect it's perfect for that and it's, it's, it's and it's a great chance for you know kids to throw down dollar games at recess right there you go exactly yeah 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 julie's up five bucks <laughs> okay so so you guys obviously you know you're of a certain age marbles you remember playing marbles Hell yes. Marbles yes. And, and pogs and, and trading cards and whatever. Like kids always come up with a gambling game. I mean, obviously you don't play for real money. That'd probably be frowned upon, but yeah, you know, any, anything that kids can do to compete and, and, right. you know, take, we played for our marbles, you know, yeah, you right. had a favorite marble. You didn't want to lose it. Oh yeah. You lose your uh, cat's eye. It's a bad day. It's a, yeah. it's a bad day. There you go. Yeah, man, that, that, no, that's, um, but that's excellent, you know, and, and you can hopefully, you know, I mean, you can open up the hood of a pinball machine and say, this is, you know, stuff you're studying. There it is. And, and speaking of press start tournaments, I'm seeing tons of, uh, winner circle pictures with Mark Scoff in them flashing those big well, wads of, uh, pin cash. Yeah. I, oh. I see that, Con- but I also see congratulations, several, Mr. S- Mr. Mark. Yeah, congratulations, Mark. I also see several. Thank you. Dan. I see several with Dan in them too. So there's been one. Well, just one. I thought there was a couple. No, nope, just, okay, well, just one. I just I, one. I went up uh, there and I taught Mark and Teddy how to play pinball one night, and ever since then they've been dominating that whole town. Isn't, yeah, it's isn't, that, isn't that right, Mark? <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah, I, it's usually it's usually Ted and me are always in the top five. Yep, I, I, and, yeah, and Jeffrey. Every week, and every Jeffrey. week I always see those. Uh, you know, a couple of those other guys. Like, okay, I don't know who they are, but I see them all the time. And almost every week, I was like, "Well, there's Mark. Awesome, you know." Because 
I get the Facebook feed, so you know. Yeah, and they awesome. have some yeah. good players. Like there are some real solid There's players good up there players in, that in Reno. Yeah. And for Mark to be up there in the top three week after week, that's that's a heck of a statement. Somebody has well, definitely upped their game. Yeah, and Teddy's well, just Teddy's probably it. just really good at cheating. <laughs> well, it's also good to hear that you're getting a new person every week too. You know that it's growing. You guys are growing. Yeah. The competitive, yeah. you're growing the scene, you're growing the hobby in Reno, and it's, it's all. I mean, this is just like one of those like little segments. I mean, tonight's especially cool because like you know, I haven't done it in a while, but it's just like, oh, look, we got this going, we got this going. It's just you know, it's it's supporting community through pinball. It's just a, it's it's a really great thing, man. You know, and everybody has a great time. It it is competitive. But it's in, but a, people in, a are fun, fun. in a fun environment. In, yeah, in a, yeah. No one gets mad, you know. Yeah. And, and there's things that happen. Uh, I played Superman, and somebody did a uh, a tilt through, Uh-oh. and they were cool about it. They knew the rules. You know, we right. go through the rules every single time right. before right. we We've start all done it. We've all done it once or twice. You know? Yeah, like well, but it, it's great. It's really wonderful to see so many people wanting to play and be a part of it. And it's great because we always hit 28. That's usually the, the we, we hardly we haven't hit 32 yet, um, but that's usually our limit anyway, just because it's it's the most comfortable and not so crowded. Right. But um, it's it's a blast. It's really fun, and uh, I'm hoping more people check it out and try it out. No, In fact, awesome. I found out my teacher loves pinball. That my uh, colleague who teaches fourth grade with me. Um, she likes pinball. I'm like, well, you got to come to press start and try out one day. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. You'd be amazed how many, we were just talking about this pretty show. How many, how many teachers we know are into pinball. Um, speaking of, well, you know, talking about, you know, the community, the Reno, the pinball community growing it, uh, Dan's helping continue to grow the, uh, the, uh, Sacramento NorCal community. Cause you finished up the garage remodel. I don't know how that's growing the community, but it does give me a nicer place to play games and practice for league. But yes, I, I I did. So we got, we got the flooring down. We got the insulation in, uh, we got the games out there. Everything's powered. Everything's set up. Most importantly, with the way the weather has been the last week and a half or so around here, we've got extremely efficient air conditioning. So it's an air conditioned space now. And uh, with with the lighting and everything, the way that we got it set up, it's a really cool, comfortable place to to have a couple buddies and play games. We we did host a league night there for uh, CCPL Lodi League right before uh, we had the air conditioning installed, and it worked for this. It worked for what we do. We had everybody you know, on each side of the room, uh, it's, it's four person groups, especially when you can have the garage door open. I mean, I don't think you could stuff 20 people in there, but with the garage door being able to be open, you know, people are able to overflow outside. People can go in the house and it was a actually really, really nice environment for, for pinball league. So I'm glad it worked out for that. Uh, looks like we're going to be hosting a CCPL Folsom night sometime in the next season so that'll be fun we'll get i had a chance to get over there but um unfortunately it took a while to get to his house and by the time i would have got there i would have missed out on the league but um it was great to actually go over there afterwards and see how it looked and it was you did a really nice job dan i really 
like your Space Invader and you were worried that it would get covered up from the games and it did. Yeah, that, it looks that really turned cool. out great. No, and it was really nice to have you over. You showed up like basically right after league. We still had some guys there. So yeah. we got we got to throw down some games. We got 10 games out there right now. I have room for an 11th. So as soon as uh, another arrival shows up, you know, we'll be at capacity dartboard. Got my altercade all fixed up, playing really, really nice. That's a multi-arcade game. Uh, got a TV on the wall, got some sound, got a little bit of art. It's really a, a comfortable space to play games in. And it's a nice use for those of us in California where we don't have awesome basements to keep our pinball machines in, to have a large-ish collection, yet not have it completely uh, take over my home. On the other hand, we do still have three games in our dining room. We weren't able to get them all out of the house. And my wife insisted that her favorites stay inside. So Black Knight, 2000, Theater of Magic, and World Cup Soccer all stayed in the house. Uh, yeah, I, I knew right away what the games were going to be still in the house. So makes sense. So You know, I yeah. really want to put World Cup Soccer out in the garage just because it's, it's yeah. such a great player. But... You know, it's not too hard to step inside and play a game of it. It's just the noise factor. You know, Jamie's usually in here doing something on her computer. You know, she does uh, Twitch streams and podcasts. And so one of the big reasons that I wanted to get a separate space was just so that, you know, the noise still comes through the walls, but it's not quite as overwhelming as it is when you're in the house under the vaulted ceiling and it's just echoing all around. Exactly. Well, where's Creech? Uh, creature is still disassembled. So okay, the, the playfield okay. is behind me here in the studio, and the cabinet is at George's house. Now, George is slowly but surely making progress on it, and I'm sure that when it's finished, it will be beyond gorgeous. And by the time we get it put back together, it'll be like having a game that I've never had before. <laughs> That's exciting. And, and, and if you never played Dan's Creature before, it was really nice then. So I can't wait to. To see yeah. how nice it's going to be now. So, well, I yeah, I just want to play build, So, I, I just want to say, Dan, that your games played awesome. I played every single one of them, and they played great. Really awesome. The, my favorite was Whitewater. That was just so dialed in perfectly, as well as the Indy 500. See, I feel like uh, Whitewater, was, honestly, it's just a happy accident because I haven't done anything to that game except for clean it up. God, it shoot it yeah, good. I it it, it up shot good. Just enough <laughs> to make it work. Didn't rebuild yeah. the flippers. Haven't changed a rubber on it. I did throw some LEDs in it so you could actually see it and I can verify that all the lighting was working. But yeah, that game hasn't even been touched. Indy 500, on the other hand, was a Brian Cast job. He really did a super deep shop job on that thing. We put ramps, we put all sorts of parts in it, and that really, really made it play nicely. Beautiful machine. I'll get Brian. We got to have Brian back on the show. I know he's been super busy with his new job and with his boys, and uh, I miss him. Now I got I I I, I we I, just a real brief back and forth on, on our Slack group a while back. I didn't mean to reach out and give him a call. Just, you know, I've been with the holidays and everything, all the travel and I've been doing. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, if you need a game shop, you know, Dan does great work, but Brian's stuff is just, it's, it's another level. Oh yeah, it, I, it, can, it, I can shop a game, but yeah, I don't do what Brian does. Brian, Brian is detail oriented and it's, it's, it's great that you know brian has other things to do 
But man, it really, really bothers me because I was getting really, really used to him just shopping out games for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, me and exactly. me and Henry and a couple of the other guys in the group were just sort of like, how can we come up with enough money just to have Brian be our full time pen tech? And I'm sure Brian would be into it to an extent. Uh, but I think that what you really run into when you have his level of of passion is when you're into it, you're going to do the best job ever. And when you don't want to do it, you don't want to go out there and and half ass it. So I think that, you know, it's it's one of those things. He doesn't want pinball to be a, a full time job. He just wants it to be something that he can do when he wants to decompress. Right. No, no, that makes sense. That's why, I, you know, I said I never want to do any kind of work for a living in pinball because it, it, it will take away the enjoyment. Because I mean, this is this is my decompression. This is my fun time, my hobby time. That's why I don't want to make any money doing the podcast. Not like people would actually pay us anyway. But, um, you know, it's like, oh, don't you, you, you can charge. I'm like, no, man, I don't want to. This is for fun. When it starts becoming work, I don't want to do it anymore. You know. So we can make dozens of, and dozens of dollars. We can, we can, we can, we can, we can make enough to live off. We can uh, make pinball money to play the pinballs. <laughs> well, at local there's that. Places. There is that a couple of quarters a yeah. day. Yeah. At, at best, we <laughs> can afford beer and dollar games. And, and top ramen. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of, well, shopping the games out, um, a nice segue here coming. Uh, American pinball is now using Titan silicone rings on all their games. Cool. Cool. First company to do that, as far as I know, to do to go with a silicone ring instead of the old, you know, whatever rubber. No. That, uh, no? J- oh, yeah. Did your, JJP did first? JJP does, but I don't think JJP uses Titans. Okay. I don't know where they source their silicone rings from. But it seems like, at least on Guns N' Roses, I had a couple snap. So I don't think that they're quite as good as Titans. And again, you know, Titans aren't invincible either. They they will break. No, but they're good. Pro- but they're a good product. So I just I, know. I just I, put I need Titan to rings on pinball about a month ago, and I had just I had a couple of pairs of red ones uh, sitting in a bag for a while. I'm like, fuck, why don't I switch these out? You know, and I did, and it plays so much better. I have so much I have so much more control. It's easier, you know, to, to trap the ball and, you know, get trapped up and get control with those on there. And I'm like, God, why didn't I do this, you know, months ago? But now I'm thinking, oh, I need to go order a blue set so I can have the one red, one blue. Don't so, do that. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm going to keep it red probably. First of, all, <laughs> first of all, it's annoying. And second of all, if you look at his fingers on the play field, they're, uh, they're all red. Yeah, no, I noticed that too. So, well, and beyond <laughs> that, it's like they're a pain in the butt to get on. So I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to deal with this. They're on now. I'll just roll with it. Are you, know? are you thinking of pins <laughs> or super bands? Um, I'm pretty sure they're tight. They might be super so bands. Titans, I mean, man, I bought them. Titans I are, bought these like pre-COVID. Okay, yeah. uh, you know, Titans are well, easy to put remember. on. Super, yeah, those are super yeah. bands. Super bands okay. are are ball breakers. Like you have, to, like, <laughs> okay. you have to, like, yeah, yeah. They're super bands in. I, I think I got them from, I want to say I got them from Marco. Like I said, I, I ordered, like, I ordered like, yeah, because Titans, Titans, you're only going to get from Titan. 
No, I didn't even. I didn't even order them. I picked it up. I picked them up at Golden State, like twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Titans. So, you're only going to get from okay. Titan, though. Like if you yeah, if you yeah. order from the Marco booth, they're super bands. They're super bands. Okay, well, so they're not even Titans, but they're really good and they work. So I, and, and Titans, I'm sure work good too. You know. So oh, you know what? I have Titans. I think on Flash Gordon. I've so. I've a bit of a mix, and like I really preferred super bands for a long time, and everybody like would just ride me like they're just like oh you got to get these super bands off the games are are uncontrollable and the whole works and so i i transitioned over to titans and i got to admit like super bands they they give the game a pop like they have their their denser so it feels like Mm -hmm. the flipper really like pops the ball but i Mm -hmm. i see why people are are less enchanted with those Um, okay Mm. I'm mm-hmm. a, I, I've gained a lot more control with them on pinball because they're, so. they're stickier, right? They're stickier, yeah, yeah. The super bands are, right? Yeah, right? yeah. but yeah. they're denser. Yeah. So, like I said, they they, are. they 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 put the ball in, into play, and I think it's a little bit harder to catch with them. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you're probably, yeah. it's, I yeah. mean, that's just what people have, have been telling me. And eventually, I just stopped ordering because I was ordering titans for my rings i was ordering cliffy for my posts which i will forever do because cliffy's posts are the best and i was getting super bands for my for my flippers and i think i just started lazing out and going with titans for my flippers and i ended up just going like oh yeah titans are titans are where it's at i need to get orange titans for my uh hot wheels that's what i have i I still have the the regular (laughs) the regular black ones that came with it which they're not bad but i'm sure it would make a difference it will do it, do it like tomorrow or tonight. Yeah. No, yeah. But yeah, but no, I think it's great that other companies are finally going, you know, cause remember, I remember when I first got in a hobby, you know, they were still using incandescent bulbs in new games, you know, Stern at that time, you know, 18, 17, 18 years ago was still using incandescent bulbs, you know, up to, Oh God, what was the first game they did LEDs? I, I don't remember. You know, remember. we but, were talking about this the other day, right? Wasn't it ACDC? I want to say it was ACDC. I'm almost positive. But it wasn't um, the original release of ACDC. It was like the vault or like one of the vaults, I think. Well, you I know they did, the LA, they did right? Metallica, the right. they did Metallica, which was like a vault LED version. And I thought they mm-hmm. did ACDC. Yeah, I think ACDC was one of the first ones with the LEDs. Because this was, I think, coming up, we were talking about, maybe it was me and Brian, we we're talking about Tron because I have Henry's Tron right now. And uh, it's it's LED, I I believe, but uh, the apron lights I didn't think they were working, but they are. I've seen them work since then. And we were talking about them, and somebody said something about them being old LEDs, and I was like, I don't even think they're LED. I thought that they were incandescent, and especially the way that they light up, they seem to have a real slow kind of pulse that I don't think that your LEDs would do. So. It's funny that, you know, when you have a game that's LED'd next to a game that's incandescent, which I do right now, Whitewater is still largely incandescent and the games around it are LED'd. They just, they almost seem to have the lights off. But I know that some people, they prefer the the shadowier, warmer kind of light from the LED or from the incandescence. And I mean, I've gone completely the other way. If the games aren't LED'd anymore, I'm almost like, wow, I just, I can't even understand this. <laughs> I kind of like both. I mean, both have their place, you know. Like, cause like I remember my my first pinbot I had was all incandescent, and that was oh gosh, 
14, 15 years ago, something like that. I don't know. It's been a long time, 12 years ago, whatever. Um, and I would just turn it on sometimes, just stare at it, you know, just bathe in that warm incandescent glow. And remember a time when it was in this little local pizza place and it was always dark in the summer. It was great. It was always dark and they had all the curtains over the windows. So it stayed dark and cool, you know, and it was just really like time stood still. I remember that still. And it's like, oh man. Well, I mean, you know, so, and I don't care if you have one game or five games or, or 10 games. Sometimes you just want to turn that thing on while you're in that space and just sort of enjoy the lights and watch the track mode and the light show go off. Like to me, you know, and this is going to sound a little bit weird, especially with some of the electricity concerns that we've been having. But with that garage space, I love going out there, having the LEDs on because uh, I have like LED lighting around the edge of the room and just turning the games on and letting that be the room's light source and just enjoying the look of the games and the flicker of the lights and it's really, really nice, even with LEDs as opposed to incandescent. But back in the day, it was, you know, it was incandescent light. And I'd turn on my my lineup and just sort of sit there and, you know, sip a drink and let the games do their thing. And it was, you know, it's 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 amazing. Creatures, especially because when it's incandescent, it has that nice sort of like wash. It's supposed to look like waves, I think. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, but yeah, it seems just to sort of wave down and like just that was just a fun game to sit there and look at the lights. But you know, back to back to Titans and Super Bands and all that, it's it's really smart of American to to put those on standard. Uh it saves you a step as an owner. Like I know that when I have a game now with traditional rubber, uh I basically count the days until I can go ahead and do a conversion and get those switched over to silicone because they're just, they're cleaner, they're bouncier, you know, they feel more alive and they look great. Yeah. Well, like the black rubber that Stern puts on the games, it dirties the game up so quickly too, you know, cause it just it degrades rapidly. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes yeah. sense, you know, everybody, you, you and everybody else that gets a new game like that, you know, the first thing you want to do is pull the, pull the uh, stock rubber rings off and put on, some kind of silicone ring. You know, I'll be honest, I'm way too lazy for that. Like Ghostbusters, I think, st- I mean, I have a set of of Titans ready to go, but it's still got the black rings. Pretty sure ACDC still has the original black rings. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Henry's Tron still has the original black rings on it. And those suckers are at least, wow. what, 10 years, 12 years old. Uh, 10 or 11, maybe 12. Yeah. They they are looking pretty rough. (laughs) I think, I want to say 2011 per Tron. So yeah. Yeah. 10 years, man. So yeah. Wow. That's a trip. That game's 10 years old now. So is ACDC. But well, yeah, my ACDC is a later vault. So, but But, I did, I did go through and do the rubbers on Metallica. And yeah, it definitely, you know, I was playing my Metallica today. I'm going to have it home here pretty soon. And yeah, it just, it is just an upgrade. You know, it just makes that game look so much better. I use the glow in the dark green. I have a set of those ready to go on, uh, nice. on Ghostbusters as well. And I think that they just, they look really, really sharp. I did those on uh, Monster Bash as well before I swapped it away. I remember that. I remember they looked great on Monster yeah, Bash. Yeah, was, that was stupid. <laughs> probably should have hung on to that one huh but yeah i just i don't think you can go wrong and i think if that's what american pinball is doing 
uh, yeah, you know, go with the name brand, you know, and I think that they should call that out. Hey, our games come with Titan rubbers. Our games come with Comet LEDs. Those are going to mean something to your your pinball aficionados. Maybe they won't mean anything to just the regular mom and pops. And it might cost them another nickel or another dime, but... You know, go with the name brand and people will know that they're getting quality because I know that's uh, not Stern, but JJP's caught a little bit of hell for the snapping uh, uh, rings on Guns N' Roses, at least Guns N' Roses. I don't know about their other games. Yeah, I remember hearing a few things about it. It wasn't a big, big deal, but a few people mentioned it. So, well, you know, um, go from one thing to the other it's just i mean you know like there is a lot going on actually Um, real real quick before we break into that we talked about mark and we talked about me and my my garage setup didn't you go out and do something really cool i did yeah man i've been on the road a lot with the family so uh well okay i'm gonna backtrack and go okay so i went to oregon first all right back in july uh, end of June, beginning of July. And all I tell you is because we went to a uh, trail life, uh, like a, a regional jamboree. So there's troops from all over the Western United States, including Alaska. And uh, the only reason this is related to pinballs because we're on the way back. We're in the middle of nowhere, eastern Oregon, almost to the Idaho border. And some little truck stop. Here comes Mickey coming out of the bathroom. Hey, Dad, you know, on the other side of the bathrooms, there's a Rush Pro. I'm like, oh, no kidding. You know, it's like everybody's like, Rush has a pinball machine? I'm like, yeah. You guys didn't know this? Anyway, so, um, yeah. So uh, last weekend, Labor Day weekend, uh, took the family. Uh, we drove from our home in Casper, Wyoming, over to uh, the suburbs of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, Bloomington, Minnesota, to be exact, to the Mall of America. And uh, on the fourth floor, they have a pretty cool arcade. Um, it's called the Fair on Fourth. So they have like fair food, axe throwing, video games, go-kart racing, and they have pinball. And they had a nice little lineup. They had a Medieval Madness remake. Um, a Sopranos and then more modern stars, Godzilla, Avengers, uh, all pros. And that was real fun. And we played, we played a few games there and had a good time. And Ninja Turtles, Rusty just mopped up the floor with me on Ninja Turtles. But then um, Sunday night, I went back to the hotel after dinner and the boys are like, well, we're just going to go to the pool. Like, that's fine. So Rusty and I went over the 15, 20 minute drive, like 17, 18 minutes actually. And we went to uh, visit Lloyd, LTG, Lloyd Olson at SS Billiards, who's celebrating his 50th anniversary like next weekend. So uh, we got to meet Lloyd. He's uh, charming as all get gone, just a sweetheart of a guy, very welcoming. So we talked for a good hour and a half. We played some pinball. Finally, I got to play mid- uh, Medieval Madness. I'm sorry. I, I played much times. Played at your house. Finally got to play a Big Bang Bar. Lloyd has one of the original prototype Big Bang Bar games, not the ones put together by Illinois Pinball, which were still made from parts made from the factory at, uh, um, at Capcom before they closed. But he has one of the original... I think nine or 10 prototypes. Yeah, the real, real Capcom stuff. The real Capcom stuff, yeah. So it, it played fine. Um, it played good. Everything seemed to be working. Um, I had a good time playing. Everything was turned up. That was one of the things Rusty commented. I was like, you could hear everything really loud. Of course, it was a Sunday night. 
probably an hour and a half, two hours before closing. So it wasn't super busy on Labor Day weekend. So it wasn't super busy, but, um, you know, we had a good time, man. And it was really great to be able to shake Lloyd's hand and thank him for always done. The guy's a pillar of the community. You know, it's funny. We talked about it. He had actually never met Steve Sharlin or, uh, or um, Cliffy, but he communicated with them back in the old RPG days. He talked to them both on the phone on different occasions. So we all had that connection, you know, and, um, and that was really neat talking to another, you know, another old school, another OG pinball guy, you know, who knew these guys and that, you know, could have had stories, you know? So that was really cool. Um, he's still doing tech support. Um, he's still doing tech support for Chicago gaming and I think American pinball. Yeah. Um, so he's still doing that. He's having his 50th anniversary. If you're going to be in the area like this weekend of, of his place, get down and celebrate with him, man. Put some money into his games. If you can't make it this weekend, if you're any, any time, get out and see Lloyd, shake his hand, thank him for all he's done over the years for the pinball community. And uh, I mean, dude, he kept, he has kept his place open for 50 years through good and bad times in pinball and the economies and everything else. And I mean, it, the lineup there is stellar, you know, um, everything was working. Um, everything is pretty clean. Um, I got a few games on, uh, on who done it is who done it played nicely. Um, I played a couple games on, uh, I didn't play as Pirates, I meant to, but I played a couple of games on uh, Willy Wonka because I hadn't played that in a while, um, and I really enjoyed that game. Um, what else did I play? I played a bunch. I played a couple of games on his Medieval, on his remake. I didn't play the original. It was back in the back. And I was going to play the Adams Family Golden. I never got to that either because we were talking a lot. Um, played a game on his pinball pool, which was the very first pinball machine that he bought new in box. Oh, that's cool. For the, for the he still got it, and uh, it played good, sounded I mean, that like that that early eighties Gottlieb, like late seventies actually Gottlieb, you know, digital solid state sound effects. They're so cheesy now, but I don't know. So, it's such nostalgia for me to hear those because I just don't hear those very often. And uh, I I gotta get another old System One game, even though they can be a real real pain in the butt to work on. Um, what else did I play? I, I played, you know, I played a bunch of pinball in there. Um, I played his Cactus Canyon. He's got, he's, he's got all the Ameri- or uh, rather, he's got all the uh, Chicago Gaming Company games in there in a row. So, um, you know, those are available. He's got the Big Bang Bar. He's got, um, you know, an Adams Family Gold. I mean, he's got a hell of a lineup, you know. Um, but it was just really cool to be able to go there and meet him and play pinball and talk pinball and just, you know, you know, have that experience of getting to meet one of one more of the old, old school guys. that's you know, that's been doing coin up. We've really been doing coin up for five decades. Well, and now. you know, he's, oh, wow. he's not just, you know, an old school pinball guy or an old school operator, but like the thing about Lloyd is as long as pinball has been online, He's been here like he was on RGP. He's all over Pinside. He does, you know, online support for companies uh, at times. I don't know if he's still with them or not, but like he's just always been there and he's always helpful and he's always friendly and his advice is always good. And I don't care if 
you know, you've been in pinball for a year or if you've been in pinball for 20 years, you know, it's always an ex- it's always like super exciting when you interact with Lloyd because, you yeah. know, the guy is is a uh, he's a legend. He's that's all there is to it. And, you know, congratulations to him on, you know, being in business for 50 years. And that is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And just, you know, congratulations. That that, you know, he hasn't gotten jaded and he hasn't gotten irritable. You know, he puts up with all of the pinball bullshit with, you know, a smile and good humor. And, you know, he, great, yeah. Yeah, he opens a shop and he goes to work and he takes care of business. And in this day and age, you can't ask for anything more than that. What was really right, funny? He was right. in, he was in an old like work shirt and stain on. It's like, want to get a picture? He goes, well, he goes, yeah. I go, well, I don't know. I, nobody cares, man. Come on, get it. Let's get in and get a picture. You know, it's like I'm just happy to see you, man. I'm just I'm here to you know, yeah, I'm here to play pinball, but you know, you know what? I came to meet you, brother. You know, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like if you if you've been online in the last twenty plus years and needed help with anything pinball related. Um, Lloyd's been there for you, you know, and that's, you know, I think back like Ken Layton, you know, was another one of those guys who passed away a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know, maybe a year ago. I don't, I don't even know if it was a couple of years ago. It was pretty like a year ago. It was, yeah, it was really maybe, recent. Yeah, maybe not even. Yeah, so I don't even think it's been a year. I think you're right. But he was another one of those type of guys, one of those old school coin out guys who would jump on and go, oh, yeah, this is what you do. Oh, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen one of those, but here's how that, you know, here's how you make that work again, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's really it's really funny. Um, they're, you know, they're uh, really don't take for granted those guys because we keep losing them. Because, I mean, we're all getting older, you know. Lloyd started that place. His mom and him bought it together. And then she retired probably 20 plus years ago from the place, you know, and uh, he's just gone on and just kept it going. Just him basically. And, uh, you know, he's done a ton of uh, seminars and expos and everything else. But yeah, I mean, if there's, if there's been a problem with the game ever, you know, and you needed a solution, you know, Lloyd was going to pop. He's, he's still going to pop up and go, okay, here's how you fix that. Or here's how you, you know, uh, do the mod on that to get like the Adams family mod um, to keep the, uh, the seance magnets from burning out, you know, that kind of, so there's just, that's cool. You know, what's really interesting about that is I went to school uh, at the university of Minnesota in the Minneapolis twin cities campus. And <laughs> I worked in a place called Edina, uh, which is right next to Hopkins where SS Billiards is. I am so pissed. I can't go back in time and go back there because I could have literally gone over there after work and played pinball every day. You could play Adam's family golden and taxi Uh, every day. Yeah. uh, Oh, it just (laughs) ticks me off. But we didn't have internet back then, you know, in the nineties and in the early nineties and, uh, damn, I wish I I wish I knew about that place it, it because might be a good it was thing. right next to where I was working. That's what I was telling him pre-show before we started recording. Yeah. And uh, I think you went to grab your dry glass of water. I'm like, dude, you never would have finished school. You'd still be in college. Right. It might know? be a good thing. Yeah. Like you might have fallen yeah. out of school because you were so distracted by, you know, pinball and billiards. Maybe you'd be a world famous pinball hustler. There we go. I, I, I want to say about Big Bang Bar, it gets a lot of flack about not having. Yeah, a, tell a, us what you thought of Big Bang Bar, Spencer. 
I, I think the rule set's better than a lot of people give it credit for. That's it. So just had to get that out. And it does look cool. It has that almost it looks like uh, neon, like it glows under the light. It's it's got a cool look to it. I think yeah. it's I think it's got the best theme. And I know the sound is kind of irritating to a lot of people, you know, the the, you know, upstairs. But, you know, I think that that's a great game. I got to spend a lot of time on a Illinois pinball version that belonged to our friend Todd for years and years. And I've played an original a few times. Uh, there's a guy who brings one to California Extreme. And I've just always, you know, one of the first things when I got into pinball, you know, uh, visual pinball and pin name specifically was you could play a recreation of Big Bang Bar on it. And it was one of those games that it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is as close as, you know, we'll probably ever get to the real thing unless you see these things at shows. And I hadn't been to a pinball show yet, so I didn't know I'd get to play one a whole bunch of times. And the remakes, I guess, maybe they'd been announced, but maybe they were just on the horizon. Maybe they were just a gleam in uh, Gene Cunningham's eye. But, like, you never thought you'd get to play this thing in real life, and it was just like, ah, this is going to be the coolest game. And to actually see it made, you know, plastic and wood and and steel, and, you know, to see the little alien heads moving and the cool light-up ramp with the arrows that I'm super surprised that no one's ever done and the tube dancer, the way the tube dancer moves in the tube, like that's just such a sweet game. Like I really do yeah. think that that game could be a giant hit. Like if it got the remake treatment, I think a lot of people would jump on Big Bang, not just because they they know that it was a hard to find game and that it's rare and that it sells for a lot of money, but just because, you know, even as a game on its own, uh, on its own merits it's a really cool good looking fun game that maybe didn't have the deepest rules but it gets it done so i really hope that you know when they do decide to get back to the remake game you know nothing against the people who own an original or an illinois pinball version i don't you know i don't wish for them to lose value but i do really wish that more people in this world would have a chance to own or get their hands on Big Bang Bar. Because if there was a Big Bang Bar like out there for the eight, $9,000 that uh, Chicago Gaming seems to charge for the remakes, I would be hard-pressed to not put my name down for one. Right. Well, that's the thing, man. We talked about that, you know, like when Medieval first, you know, they, they announced the remake. Oh, we're going to lose our money. Well, they really haven't. I mean, the, 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 it, they did take a little dip in, in price, but they've kind of gone back up again, you know? Well, they, and, they uh, did, right? Like people who own Medieval Madnesses lost money when the remakes came along because it gave people an, like people like me an alternative. I went from, hey, I won't own a Medieval Madness to, oh, I can get one for $8,000. And then, you know, a year or so down the road, I picked one up for $7,000 um, from a friend. It was it was a friend deal, you know, don't I, I stress that it was a friend deal. But, you know, it was, it was a great buy. And, right. you know, sure, it's come back around, but that's not to say that in a year or two years, there won't be another run of remakes. And it is going to hurt some people's value but i would also say that look don't pay more than you can afford for something assuming you're going to get all your money back and don't buy pinball machines as an investment buy them as a toy buy them for fun and you know if you can 
you know, buy when they're cheap and sell when they're expensive and make money. Great. More power to you. But I just don't want to hear people belly aching. Oh, I lost money. It cost me money. I lost value because now people like me or people like the guy down the street who weren't going to spend $15,000 on one, but Hey, maybe 7,500 is doable. Can have one. And right. Well, it's right. like with the monster bash remakes and the uh, remember attack from Mars when you can still get those for six grand. Yeah, when, for a standard. when they were making that, yeah, that standard edition, that which standard. I think is a real shame that they've gone away from that business model. Because even if they were like seven thousand for the standards now, allowing for the the increase in in cost, I just think that it was great for someone to have an alternative to a Stern Pro that's a legit bonafide classic you know right. attack right. from mars well, you know, is better yeah. at least you know i mean i don't want to you know put that out because i know a lot of people will, will will scream and shout and carry on but attack from mars at six thousand dollars was the best deal in pinball monster bash at six thousand dollars was the best deal in pinball cactus yeah. cactus canyon at eight thousand dollars is probably the best deal in pinball if you're going to talk about play field complexity and you know the artistry that went into making it and maybe the rules aren't as sophisticated as a new game but 99 percent of people aren't going to touch the depths of the rules in cactus canyon let alone the depths of the rules in godzilla so they probably were are appropriate for most for most pinball fans Right. Well, it's like the value for the money, like you say, man. I mean, it's pretty hard to talk. It's like well, it's like when we were all talking about, like when when Hot Wheels first came out, and you could get a Hot Wheels for what, what uh, like right around seven k at the time. So pretty much right in line with what a Stern Pro was doing. Yeah, but it had yeah, better right. art, side blades, you know, a topper, color changing lighting, all kinds of stuff that the Sterns don't. And a fantastic mm-hmm. game too, which I know Mark, you're still happy with your purchase, aren't you? I still enjoy that game. Every time I game. play it, I'm like, man, this game is fun. Um, and I, I was so close to getting to the wizard mode. I was so close. You'll get it eventually. Hey, I eventually I, I will. And, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. I just that, that popped into my head. And I had to get it out uh, before I forgot it because um, you know how I get. But um, I drove. We drove by parts of the university camp, beautiful university campus. By the way, did you have a uh, 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 a White Castle nearby when you were a student there? Uh, yes, we did. Yep. <laughs> I think I went to that same White Castle because it was near our hotel. So because um, we it was right close to the mall, it was the closest one. And the boys wanted White Castle because they'd never had it except, you know, the frozen ones. So and uh, and then we tried a Culver's on the way home. Nice. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, that sounds like you had a fun trip. We've all been so busy with stuff, you know, Dan, you've been busy with work and remodeling the garage and Mark back to the classroom and career change career pretty much. Change <laughs> and yeah, pretty much, man. And, uh, uh, you know, you were on the, we talked about last episode, you were on a cruise to Europe and, and then I've been, you know, on the road, I've been on the road a lot this summer. So, um, and just seeing America, man, and, and it's really neat to be able to see different parts of America for the first time, you know, and it's, it's, it's I highly recommend everybody, you know, do what Mark Twain used to say, get out into the territories, see America, meet somebody, you know, make a new friend. Um, we got, well, I'm going to let Dan take this one because you're going to know more about it than any of the rest of us. And you have, you got skin in the game on this um, delays and in price increases over at Multimorphic. Oh, I was wondering where you were going with that. 
I was like, really? What 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 are you gonna throw at me? So yes. Well, was that was that good? Was that a good segue? I feel like it was fine. I just didn't realize it was coming. We've, okay. we've gone so far off the show notes that I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know where the fuck Spencer's taking us now. Let's just see what happens, right? So um, yes, all of us pre-orders got an email from our good buddy Jerry who let us know that there were going to be some delays on our Weird Al Museum of Natural Hilarities, which is disappointing. And they also advised that there were going to be some price increases, not for people who had already put their money down. And in fact, they even gave us an opportunity. They said, hey, if you order by, and I think it was the end of September, uh, maybe it was the end of August. I, I'd have to look at it again. But we had an opportunity that if we wanted to order uh, additional modules for the original price, we still could. However, that there would be pretty much a $500 increase across the board for modules. So it sounds like um, they've been very, very successful with their pre-order campaign for Weird Al. It sounds like they are getting them built, but it is a longer process, a, a harder process than they expected. I'm sure they probably, all in all, with the LEs and the standards and the modules, probably sold close to a thousand units. And I think that going into that, there were only a couple hundred P3s out in the world. So yeah, they essentially, you know, immediately decided to, you know, quadruple their business. So it's not too surprising that there was going to be a delay. It's, it's, a little disappointing, you know, uh, some of us were already deep, deep in line. Like I was already as late as next March and now I'm probably a little bit closer to next May, but at the same time, it seems like as the months go by, they've done code updates, they've done hardware revisions. Uh, the units are just getting better and more reliable and, um, more streamlined and you know the new code has new songs and new modes the wizard mode's been instituted i'm in this game for the long haul i'm I'm not going to lose my mind if i have to wait a couple more months so it doesn't bother me too much and i don't think i've heard of any other weird owl pre-orders that have just been like oh oh my god i can't believe that this just happened but you know it's 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 part of the game, right? When you're when you're working with these small companies, you got to understand that, you know, sometimes good things, you know, are worth waiting for. Yeah, no, well said. Well, you know what else? It's really great that that they didn't just like, okay, we're just going to raise the price, you know, give us more money. Like if you're already invested and then give the people a chance to say, hey, we'll give you till the end of this time if you want to go ahead and order. It'll be a while till you get it, but we'll give it to you at the original price. That was really, really a really high class and, you know, taking the high road way to do it. So, and not alienating their customer base. So, um, cause you know, there've been a few people that have stepped on a few toes lately in a lot of industries, not just, you know, pinball and gaming, but it's nice to see that they made the effort, you know? So, well, I mean, since we've all played, you know, weird out, we know, I mean, cause we all love the thing. You bought one. Um, but, you know, all of us that have played the game know how awesome this game is, you know. It's so much fun to play. I'm so excited when our module gets here eventually. Um, probably we won't get it until, I'm guessing, probably not until Christmas time, but we'll see. 
Unless uh, James Bond or something else comes out that really, really wows me, I'm going to give it game of the year as of right now. I know it's a little early to pull that trigger, but that's my opinion. You know, and I love Rush. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you know, people constantly, you know, squawk online about innovation, innovation. You know, if you want innovation, well, there it is. You know, that game's got real innovation. Yeah, packing a whole play field in one third of it. Yeah, yeah it's pretty amazing. Well, not just the whole play field, but all the gizmos that are in that damn thing. You yeah. Know? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, he packed what's on a what would be on a full play field, right? Yeah. On a one one third of a of a space. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how they how they compact that all into into a very fun shooting game where most of it is up on the top. Right. I just feel like, you know, the P3 platform, which is not new, you know, I guess it's it's going on to five, ten six, ten years old. Like it's been out for a while. It has been doing for years and years and years what companies, you know, are just starting to get their machines to do now. You know, online updates, you know, internet connectivity, head-to-head play. Uh, you know, it is a really innovative platform. I think that where a lot of people get left out in the cold is it does have those differences from your original pinball machine, right? You know, it has that weird flipper and and pop bumper on a stick sort of thing, you know, because of the fact that they're suspended above the TV screen play field. And yeah, a lot of the action is unfortunately at the rear of the play field. You have side targets, you have return ramps. Weird Al has a crossover, which is, you know, really cool. It's a new thing, but you know, it's, it's, you know, very much like at the back of the game. And I think that if they ever figured out how to bring stuff down the play field, I think it would really help them, but it would probably also really hurt the quick swap modularity that it's supposed to have. I will, I will say this about weird Al. When you see that thing in person, it looks real. You know, a lot of people say it's not real pinball. And I'm like, you can't look at that game and not think that that looks like a pinball machine. It's got the plastics. It's got the art. It's got the ramps. You know, it's got what? Five flippers. You know, it's got wire forms and and loop-de-loops and everything that you could want in a pinball machine. And I think that, you know, when you looked at some of the earlier P3 stuff like Lexi Lightspeed uh, or, you know, even Heist, like Heist is awesome for P3 because it's another one of those games that like it was the first one that I think really worked some artistry into it. It's got the buildings and it's got the the crane that comes out and moves around the play field. I think that as they continue to make titles, you're seeing the progression of of their art and you know, I can't wait to see what comes out next. I think that they're really hitting their stride. The platform is getting better and better. And yeah, it's expensive. But once you're into it, you know, you're going to be getting the ability to have games for a third of the cost of what a Stern Premium is going to cost you. You know, maybe a little bit, a little bit less than half the cost of a Stern Pro. And that's pretty cool. You know, I, I've said before and I'll say again, you know, I would have loved for Weird Al, whoever made it to have done it as a traditional machine. I wasn't excited about having to adopt the P3 platform, but you know, I've watched a lot of videos and you know, I figured I'm going to buy this thing. I better know what it's about. 
And I have a lot of respect for, for Jerry and for his designers and what they've created. And I really hope that, uh, you know, they, they figure out how to build them quick. I want one. Hurry up. <laughs> no kidding. And, and, and you know, the other thing that I like that's innovative is the scoops, how they all raise up separately or together, or they create a wall. That's pretty innovative. And yeah. it does add a lot to how you can kind of divide the playing f- play field to shoot more for things that are on the lower play field. Yeah. It, 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 it gives you, it, it's cool. It gives it's really you cool yeah, how he does that. Like mid play field action. Plus a lot of the downloadable games will use that, you know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, the craziest thing about the P3 is that the trough supports like a hundred balls. Yeah, I was just going to say, I saw that opened up one time. I was like, dang, that holds a lot. I mean, you could actually have like a hyperball or whatever that, what is that game? That one that where, where the balls yeah, just keep coming yeah. out. Hyperball or rapid fire. Both, both yeah, Weird Al and uh, I believe Heist both have like 15 ball multi balls. That is crazy. So yes. Is, so like screw yeah. your Apollo 13. Yeah, that takes it over. There you go. Well, you know, and again, you know, that's why I said you should lean on this one because you you're, you you got skin in the game. We love the game, but we're not buying one. You know, you're getting one in Reno Mart uh, at your location, and uh, you know, me being out here in the, you know God's country, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. So, uh, <laughs> you know, no, but it, it's you know what it's. Uh, um, I'll save some you know, money because I'm going to have to sell something. Probably something that you're going to probably something that you're going to want. Yeah, like Indy 500. So I don't think I'm game. selling Indy 500. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're bolting that to the floor, aren't you? I don't think I'm bolting it to the floor, but I'll tell you what, everybody in the goddamn city wants it. Well, because that's the only one around. They didn't make a lot of those. You know, I saw one for sale in SoCal or the Bay Area pretty recently, oh. but yeah, you don't see them too, too often. It's no. just, I see why people want it's it. It's such a good game. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's, a, it's a stupid fun game. It's it so beautifully well it, it, too. It, it's so much fun. That that turbo is so cool. How the that turbo works, Bobby. Yeah, and it, it just, so it's cool. so smooth. And it's just such a fun game. It's crazy fun. Yeah, it's um, it's really fun. I didn't even put this in the notes because of everything that's gone in the last few weeks. But you know, um, the weekend before last weekend uh, was mine and Rusty's nineteenth anniversary, and uh, so she since we moved here a year and change ago, she'd been wanting to go over to uh, uh, Thermopolis, which is only about a two-hour drive. And uh, if you know anything about Thermopolis, like if you want to dig for dinosaur bones or uh, fossils, it's a great place to do that. There's an area of uh, small hills with ancient Indian carvings, like pictographs. Um, And it's got so much rich history over there. And uh, it's, um, you know, uh, got all kinds of natural thermal pools. So they have two water parks right next to each other um, with water slides and pools and stuff. And they empty the water out every night and refill it naturally from the warm springs. And they cool it off a little bit. And then there's two, there's an indoor giant pool, wading pool, hot tub thing, whatever. And there's an outdoor one where they keep it just natural and right around 104 degrees and their uh, uh, mineral spring. So, and then again, they, they don't put any chemicals in. They, at the end of the day, they drain the pools and they refill them in the morning just with nature. It's really cool. 
And they got a lot of the cool stuff there. They had the dinosaur museum near there. We had a really good time. But near there, and uh, I'll post the picture on Facebook because um, anybody that's ever seen Beavis and Butthead do America will get this reference. Um, about another hour down the road, about 30 minutes from where the Indian pictographs are, um, ancient, you know, picture drawings on sides of rocks. Um, and these can be hundreds or thousands of years old. So I'll be posting pictures of those too. They're really cool. Anyway, it's the town of Mititsi, Wyoming. And the reason that's funny, if you watch the View of Some Butthead movie, Do America, uh, they're traveling on a tour bus and they go through all the funny named towns like Butte, Montana, and uh, Ball Knob and Piney. And they go through Wyoming and Beavis as they're driving past the uh, the city limit sign for Mititsi, Beavis is all, Mititsi. So there's a picture of me. I'll, I'll post it on Facebook on our page um, in a Metallica shirt, throwing up the devil horns right in front of the Mititsi sign. Well, Mititsi is like 340 people, right? It, it's tiny. So we're wandering. We stop at the little gas station mini mart town center and there's like that and there's like a sunday so there's like everything's closed there's like the bars open and like something else anyway so we're just walking through the little downtown just kind of got a drink and we're just wandering and this guy lets us into a shop he's got a little shop and it's like it's just he kind of made because when his daughter was still she's grown and off living her own life now so he has a simpsons pinball party and his name is lee and he has a couple old video games like the arcade one-ups and Lego stuff and art projects. And he just kind of teen center place for the kids to hang out because there's nothing else for him to do in Mititsi. But it was like so cool. He has this beautiful, clean, well-working Simpsons pinball party. So even in the town of Mititsi, 300 and changed people, you know, we managed to find the one dude who's got a pinball machine. So shout out to Lee in Matitsi, Wyoming. So if you're ever in Matitsi, stop by and say hi to Lee. Check out his cool art and his Legos and play some pinball with him. So that's my uh, that's my Matitsi story. Matitsi. Matitsi. So, uh, yeah, see, you get that joke. So thank mm-hmm. you. I actually, I posted it. I posted it and then. People are asking me, like, well, what does that mean? It's like, it kind of takes fun out of it when I have to explain it. So I just posted a link with the video segment where, you know, they're driving on the bus. And, well, you guys know and, uh, Beavis and Butthead is back, right? Yeah, back in a big way. Yeah, yeah. they did another movie they just, and they, they've got new episodes. The movie was awesome. Yeah, they, I they just made great. a brand new movie. They just made a new TV series, which isn't bad. You know, it's it's definitely true to the spirit of the original. And uh, I know that that's a theme that a lot of dudes of of our specific age would would definitely put on their stupid pants in order. Sight sight unseen people that would sell out instantly. (laughs) Like an American pinball or a spooky pinball. Like, you know, I don't know if, if Stern's going to sell, you know, however many thousands Stern would expect to sell, you know, I don't know if, if Jersey Jack is going to, you know, if it's going to be enough of an epic for Jersey Jack to really build a whole Jersey Jack pinball world around. But man, I do feel like that's a game that spooky pinball could just really do something with, or, you know, hopefully American pinball, you know, don't get me wrong. Hot Wheels is great, but I would still love to see them sink their teeth into, you know, uh, a theme that you know people would really really want 
Yeah, well, and yep. if you can get Stern to let you use the couch, you can just recycle the Simpsons pinball party couch, you know. <laughs> or just so, you make a new couch. Make a new you couch. You don't need the Stern Simpsons pinball party couch. Although, no, you know, that would actually be pretty perfect. That See, it would work. So, <laughs> you know, you have the TV and, you know, so... Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to sell some plasma or something to get that game. So I still think that Simpsons pinball party, like living room, upper play field, and the whole like, even though it's just short little shots, like that couch lock shot is, you know, it's so cool. You shoot it up under the TV and it holds it for a second and it lets it go and you pop it up onto the couch and it goes. I mean, I've always thought that was just a really cool, satisfying sequence of shots. It is. It, it yeah. It, it's you know they did such a nice job on that game, and it's still, you know what man, it's still well loved. They they sold the crap out of those. They made those for a while, you know, because it's a great game, and you can get like so many cool mods from our good pal Sparky. So shout out to Sparky. Yeah, if you if you got money and you got a Simpsons pinball party, he is he has made it for you. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, you can go for days and still find you know what there. You're making that one too. Okay, yeah. But yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, so that's uh, what I, I that's when I got about all that. Now um, we do have. Uh, let me. I'm just kind of going over, to make sure we're covering everything. Um, yeah, we covered just about everything. We do have some sad news in the world of pinball, and uh, not to be on a downer, but uh, if you know who Wayne Nans or Nane, Wayne Nines was, um, and if you don't, well, I'm going to tell you, Wayne Nines or Wayne Nans. I'm really not sure which way it's pronounced. Um, was uh, a godly pinball. He started a godly pinball in like 1939. And he worked there all the way up into like 1983. He started out uh, testing play fields and worked his way all the way up to become the vice president of engineering and product development. And he passed away in July 30th, the day after his 104th birthday. And this guy had like the record of producing more pinball machines or not producing, but designing more than anybody else. He actually was on the design team, wasn't the lead designer, but he was working with a man named Harry Mabs who invented the flipper in 1947 for a game originally they were going to call flipper. And then uh, old man got, was like, I don't like that. We're going to do Humpty Dumpty. So he was actually working on that. His last game was the last game he actually helped design was spirit of 76 which uh, they had had a discussion in the lunchroom. He, tell, he told this story years ago, um, and there's video of him telling it where they're going around the room. It's 1976. Like, how many, how many of that game do you think we're going to sell? Somebody said, ah, 3,500. Somebody said, you know, 5,500. And Wayne said 10,000, which was unheard of, you know, in that, that frame because they moved through games so quick. And uh, so the old man, old man Godley, uh D or David Gottlieb said, you know what, Wayne, we sell 10,000. I will deliver number 10,000 to your house. So a few months later, they're in the lunchroom and David Gottlieb walks in and says, Hey, Wayne, where do you want your game? He's like, well, what game you talking about boss? He goes, we're running number 10,000 right now on the line. Um, <laughs> we're going to deliver it to your house. He kept that game. That's the only game he had in his home until he turned a hundred. He donated that game to the Pacific Pinball Museum. Uh, the last time, just before, I mean, just four or five weeks before COVID came into the world, I was at the Pacific Pinball Museum playing his uh, Spirit of 76. And it, without a doubt, the cleanest, nicest, 
most perfect playing, most beautiful uh, Spirit of 76 I'd ever played. They also have, they made a two-player version called Pioneer, and they also made a Attaball version uh, for New York called New York City. And and the museum has one of those there. So Wayne Nines, Wayne Nines, prolific pinball guy, really big part of the pinball history, lived to the wonderful age of 104 and passed away July 30th. So we want to remember him. If you get the chance, and I have the DVD somewhere still, was a documentary, kind of a rare one. It's called uh, Pinball Passion, and they have a really good interview with Wayne. And in that interview, he tells that story about the game. Well, he talks That's a lot. Cool. Yeah. He talks a lot about being with Harry Mavs when he invented the flipper and, uh, and how, you know, that just, you know, I mean, once when, when they released that, it was, you know, it was off to the races cause it completely changed pinball forever, you know? And he was a big, you know, he was part of that. So one of my favorite games from him is slick check. That's such a great game to bring up. It was one of his favorites. Uh, Among that era of Gottlieb's, it is so highly regarded for the rule set. Um, Another side note, if you've played Woe Nelly or any of the other games, uh, Primus or uh, the Paps Can Crusher, I forget the name of the game, but that layout is a Wayne Names layout. The funny thing about that is when they used it um, to make the original Woe Nelly, he looked at it and went, "That's like one of my worst games, fellas. Why don't you pick a good one?" Because they didn't want they didn't <laughs> want to ruin anything yeah. good. They wanted to, you know, I, improve, yeah, improve like, something that was not, you know, not worth saving. Yeah, he he was like he went goes, "Yeah, that's not really one of my good designs." I kind of was, you know, I, I kind of like you know kept scratching my head, going, ah, "I really could have done that one better." You know, he was so humble about it, like ah, I should have picked a better one. You know, but yeah, slick chip, fantastic game. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, uh, just a quick overview of the life of Wayne Nans or Wayne Nans. I'm not hundred percent sure which is the correct pronunciation, but, uh, if you didn't know who he was before, you kind of have a real, you can look it up, read about him, you know, maybe catch that documentary. Um, but he was a real huge, I mean, real huge part of Gottlieb's history and the history of pinball in general. So we, uh, we wish his family the best in remembering him. So, um, that's all our regular topics. I do have a quick list of shows to go down. Um, that, uh, you know, I just want to go upcoming shows because we haven't done upcoming shows in a while. Um, I'll start out with September. Uh, we have the uh, next weekend, the Saratoga Silver Ball, uh, September 17th and 18th in Saratoga Springs, New York. You guys can Google it for more information. Y'all got Google. Um and then October 7th and 8th, we have the White Rose Game Show in York, Pennsylvania. We also have the, uh, the long-running pinball show west of the Mississippi. October 7th through 9th is Pinagogo in Dixon, California. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I knew that would make, make you happy. Um, the original pinball show coming up, um, Chicago Expo, October 19th through the 22nd. And now that same weekend, um, we have the Rocky Mountain close to me. We have the Rocky Mountain uh, Pinball and Game Room Expo. Um, and that's just Friday, 
uh, Saturday and Sunday, October 21st through 23rd. And that's in Denver, Colorado. You guys can look, but you guys can Google this. I won't go where it is and all that. It's, I mean, you guys know, but if you're interested, you know, look it up, get more information. Um, November 11th through 13th, we have the Houston Arcade Expo. That's, of course, in Houston, Texas. And then December, we're going to round out the year, December 2nd through the 4th, uh, Pincinnati Pinball Show in Pincinnati, Pincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio. So that's uh, that covers uh, some of the pinball shows. There's some going on in Europe and stuff and, and, and you know, Australia, but I figure we keep this stuff just close to home for now. And in the States. So, but you can look up online and find pinball shows in your area. And if you are in Europe or Australia, um, my apologies, you can just look up, man, the show's coming up all through the, through the rest of the year. So that's what I've got for the show, man. Um, and, and what's, what's our email address again? Our email address. Thank you, Dan, for that is the spinner is lit at gmail.com so everybody from europe and australia who's offended that spencer didn't mention your shows just send me hate mail the spinner is lit at gmail.com attention spencer (laughs) and and let him know what you think of him and thank you for listening yeah thank you for listening and our our people in russia we have people we have listeners in russia so thank you guys and and gals ladies there's gotta be i know there's ladies listening so but that's our show for tonight shout outs and thank yous mark go for it all right my shout out is to you spencer for making it to 50 episodes for the spinner is lit i remember you first started it off and you were single and you were just interviewing people and talking just about pinball by yourself and then you had the round table crew and now we have another round table crew as it evolved so congratulations on keeping this show going and uh, it's just gotten better and better. Here, here, Spencer is definitely our fearless leader. And uh, he drags us to the microphones, even when we don't necessarily want to be. And uh, he comes up with the show notes and he drives the bus. Sometimes he drives us off the road. Sometimes he drives us down the wrong way. Sometimes he finds all new and innovative roads that have little to do with pinball. But, you know, this whole thing is his fault. So if you don't like the show, email the spinners lit at gmail.com. Attention Spencer. Let him know what you think of him. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I gotta say thank you to you guys because, um, you know, and, and to everybody, you know, going back, like I said, the, the first people to come on and do interviews, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Chris Bannister and, and Michael Hosier and Adam Pressler, um, you guys, you know, Justin Kelly, and we've got some more, I've got actually some more interviews and stuff lined up here for the future. Um, we'll have interview shows. We'll have special guests again. Um, you know, former hosts, uh, you know, Brian and, and, uh, and, uh, Alex and, you know, the whole round table crew and Seth Holder, who, you know, hosted the show with me for a year and a half, two years. I you know, and um, to be fair, you know, I don't think anyone's a former host. They're just not here right now. Yeah, it's not former. If they just showed up, we would immediately hand them a <laughs> microphone and say, well, it's going to be a little bit messier, but that's OK. Mark will clean it up. There you go. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Seth did the cleanup. Seth did the cleanup work for a while when, you know, I was for, we were first starting out. I'm like, I was a real I mean, I've gotten better. We've all gotten we've improved, you know. 
um, with with everybody's help. We've improved in uh, 50 episodes, you know, and um, it's still fun, man. And as long as it's still, like you said, it's still fun driving the bus, even driving down the wrong road. Like, you know, I just I realize now after you said something, Dan, you're kind of like, oh, wow, that really went a weird way because uh, we were actually we I, I thought we were first still on um, American Pitbull Titans and we'd already gone to and through the Mall of America and uh, and SS Billiards and Lloyd. I'm like, oh, I don't know where the fuck we are now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were, that's, where, that's where the magic of editing <laughs> we were smoking and abandoning it and crashing through roadblocks and jumping over rivers. <laughs> but that's, but you know what? I think that for anyone who's listened to us, I mean, you know, how many, how many episodes has it been since our current format with Mark? Like, is this, are we like 10 in? You know, probably joined in the mid the mid thirties, and you know, I think that the show, you know, thanks largely to to him cleaning up our mess, has definitely felt you know quite a bit more cohesive. It's definitely been a lot more listenable, but we haven't lost any of the magic, the spontaneity, the personality, and I think that Spencer brings that to the table in spades. So I, I back up Mark and thanking Spencer for you know five years ago you know, coming up, Hey, you know, I want to do a podcast. Who's with me. And to the guys who got you off the ground, you know, to the practical Steve's who's still associated with the show, uh, to, you know, Seth, who I barely hear from anymore because he's a bastard. He probably won't listen anyway. Nobody likes you, Seth. Um, that's not true. We all love Seth and, uh, you know, to, to Mark and, and, uh, and you, and to everybody who uh, has contributed or continues to contribute or just listens and let us know what they think or doesn't bother to let us know what they think, but listens, you know, thanks a lot for, for being around, you know, also, I, you know, as always, I want to thank CCPL. Uh, congratulations to uh, uh, Mike Hozier who won Folsom today and to Adam Pressler who won B on a tiebreaker. I still say, you know, I got worked. But he beat me fair and square. I probably cheated. So thank you to all thank you to all <laughs> you guys, all the local pen pals, all the all the local listeners and everybody. Well, I'm excited for our next episode after I get back from Green Bay, because I'm going to the Super Series with Rick Demel. So it'd be a fun episode to talk about the experience at the Super Series tournament in Green Bay. So stay tuned for that in our next episode. And we need to bring Rick into the studio. Like you can come into my house for this because we've been trying to get him on the show for a while. Yeah, we definitely need to have him on. I've got a list of people we got to get to. So we'll start now, you know, now this fall, we're all back home. We're all back at work. Summer vacations are over. Um, we'll get uh, we'll get every you know we'll get all these people on. We'll start getting them on. But yeah, thank you to you guys, man. Thank you for all the listeners. Um, the number one compliment I still get whenever I'm out and about or at a show, and people go, "Oh my god, I listen to the show." I'm like, "Oh, all right. I'm sorry." Um, no, I, they they always they always get the same compliment as. You always make it feel, I always feel like when I'm listening to them, I'm there in the room with you, sitting at the round, sitting at the card table, eating pizza, and just just hanging out, talking about pinball. And which is, again, which is the goal for the show has always been, I just want people, you know, you're on your car and your commute or you're cleaning the house or whatever you're doing, you're listening to the show, and you're like, ah, I feel like I'm there with the gang. Because you are part of the gang. If you dig pinball, you're part of the gang. 
So here, here. Yeah. That's it, man. Uh, yeah, 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 man. That's the wrap up. I think I think that's a good place to leave off for now until until episode fifty one when uh, Mark goes to Green Bay and um, Dan has a, a cooler day in the garage in the game room garage and and uh, we get our first snow here in Wyoming. Well, you know what? By the time that we get back for level or for episode fifty one, I'm sure that we'll have some Pinagogo news for you. There'll be a new Stern game that we've all played to talk about. Mark will have gone someplace and kicked ass at pinball, and Spencer will have taken a trip where he probably drove down a lot of roads he didn't expect to drive down. <laughs> There's a lot of cornfields. I'll, I'll give you that. Lots so. of corn. <laughs> Lots of corn. Like I could. Like I've never been in Nebraska yet. But talking to other people, like, oh, you've been all the way through uh, South Dakota and oh, like like seven, eight of Minnesota. It's like, yeah, you've seen Nebraska. It's all corn too. So literally, like five and a half, six hours on the road, both sides of the road, nothing but corn. Beautiful area though. Anyway, that's it, man. So we'll take it out. Hey, everybody. Uh, Keep playing pinball. Keep America America strong. strong.